You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. It's Thursday, and I'm Mike. I'm glad to have you with us. Tag a friend. Let them know that we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, and we're also on MikeMoreMinistry.org. Please go to Mike Moore Ministries. We're transitioning over there, going to be full-time there in uh, just a moment. So glad to have you with us. We're going to have an exciting time. I've been teaching a series I know is transforming lives. I know it is energizing marriages, restoring marriages, taking good marriages to another level. We're talking about winning the marriage game. This is our sixth lesson of an eight-lesson series. Eight lessons and we're on number six. We're going to begin a new subtopic today, and it's going to be interesting. The title of my subtopic is Sex is Not a Spectator Sport. Sex is Not a Spectator Sport. Don't you like that title? Ooh, it's going to get hot. Now, listen, we're going to be talking about sex. So I don't know if you want it. I'm not sure you want to have your kids with them. So go ahead and and get them positioned. You and your hubby or maybe you single. We're going to get you ready. Boy, God is going to do something. Now, I got I have three lessons on this sex thing. Now, I intend to have three lessons, but I think God wants to put your mojo back. He's going to put your mojo back. You know what I mean, mojo. He's going to give you your confidence, your energy, your enthusiasm. Ooh, we're going to have some hot stuff going around in this sex business. It's going to get really, really, really hot around here. Listen, I believe it's going to be a blessing. You know I'm joking, but I believe it's going to be a real, real blessing. Sex is not a spectator sport is our subtopic. Now, I want to do uh, a few things. I want to I talk in this lesson uh, on God's original plan for sexual relations in marriage, God's original plan. We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to shift over into Earth, Earth's reality. What's really going on in the bedroom? What's really going on? So we are going to move from God's plan to earth reality, what's really going on. But we're talking about sex is not a spectator sport. Now, this lesson will prepare singles for this part of their marriage. So it'll be good information for you if you're single. However, we're talking about Sex in the context of marriage. Now, let's begin today's lesson talking about God's original plan for sexual relations in marriage. And I want to share with you three basic points 
insights or truth. Number one, God's original plan for sex in marriage was and is that sex be beautiful and not shameful. Sex be beautiful and not shameful. Our proof text is Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. We're going back to the origin of marriage from God's perspective. It says, and they were both naked, referring to Adam and Eve, and they were both naked, the man and his wife. Now, notice not the man and his girlfriend, not not girlfriend and boyfriend. It says the man and his wife were naked and they were not ashamed. Genesis 2.25. God original plan for sex in marriage was that sex be beautiful and not shameful. When we look at this text, we see that sex between a husband and a wife, a wife and a husband, was God's idea. The scripture in Genesis says everything that God did, created, was good. So this area of the marital relations is good from God's perspective. Sex in marriage is important to God. So point number one, we're talking about God's original plan for sexual relations was that sex between a husband and a wife be beautiful and not shameful. Number two, sexual relations from God's original plan was to be, should be a central part and priority in the marital relationship. Sex, sexual relations between a husband and a wife from God's perspective was and is to be a central part and a priority in the marital relations. And they were both naked, Genesis 2, 25 the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So why did God mention this? Why did he mention the sexual relations component of the marriage? Why did God create man? This is going to be adult material. Why did God create man with a penis and a woman with a vagina? Why did he do that? And then why did he create our sex organs and a man's penis would penetrate the woman's vagina? And notice when the penetration takes place, two bodies come together. And remember what we learned in our very first lesson, that the goal of marriage was oneness. And every time a husband and a wife engage in the sexual relations and this man penetrates his wife, those bodies come together. So from God's perspective, it is a physical sign to that husband and 
wife of God's intent that the marriage be one, that the relationship be a relationship of oneness. So I wanted to give you three very important points in this introductory lesson. God intended for sex between a husband and wife to be beautiful and not shameful. God intended for sex between a husband and wife, secondly, to be a central part and a priority in the relationship. And then thirdly, God intended his original intent, his original plan for sex between a husband and a wife to be a mutually enjoyable experience. It was not in his intent that sexual relations be just for reproduction. Sure, he intended for man to be fruitful and to multiply and to increase the planet with people through sexual relations, but that wasn't God's only intent. God's intent was that the husband and the wife engage in the sexual experience and that it be a mutually enjoyable experience. Let's prove it from the word. Let's prove it from the word that God intended for the husband and intended for the wife to enjoy the sex act. Notice what it says, and let's talk husband first. In Proverbs 5, verses 18 and 19, it says... As it relates to the husband in a sexual uh, experience with his wife, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. He's talking about sex. If you read the whole context, as a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breast. That's not spiritual now. Her breast is not spiritual. Let her breast satisfy you, husband, at all times and always be enraptured with her love. Now, that's talking about a husband engaged in the sexual relations with his wife. And the Bible says that he's supposed to be having some fun. He's supposed to enjoy every part of her body. Let her breast satisfy you. Be enraptured with her love, husband. Now, notice, let's talk about the why. Because God didn't intend for you to just make it through, girls. God didn't intend for you to just, just, just go ahead and get it, get it over. No, no, no. God intended for you to enjoy the sexual experience with your husband. Now, listen at this. In Song of Solomon, it's a love letter between a husband and a wife. And before the engagement, before marriage, in Songs of Solomon, Chapter 1, verse 2, this is the courtship part of their relationship. It says to the, to the woman, let him, the woman is saying this, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Go ahead on, girl, for your love is better than wine. Then in Songs of Solomon 5, chapter, verse 16, chapter 5, verse 16, in the New American Standard Bible, this is after the wedding, 
and they are married. Listen at the wife. His mouth is full of sweetness and he is wholly desirable. This is my beloved and this is my friend. Go ahead on, girl. Notice the wife is talking about the joy of sex with her husband. Now, Deuteronomy, we talk about the wife, because see, sometimes people think the wife shouldn't enjoy sex, and some women don't enjoy sex with their husbands, but you're going to get your mojo back, no doubt about it. Deuteronomy 24, verse 5 says, when a man has taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year and shall cheer up his wife, which he has taken. Notice the Bible says, and this was a rule in Israel, that when a man first got married, he wasn't to go off to war because he would be away from his wife and he was to stay with her for one year, not be charged with any business, taking time to cheer up your wife. So we see uh, some insights from this that becoming great lovers require time. Becoming great lovers. Talking about sex, buddy. Becoming great lovers require time. We also see that great lovemaking is an acquired skill. In fact, it should get better as time Go on. As you mature in your relationship, it should get better. The sexual experience. Here again, I'll be married 44 years. Sex is better now than it was when I was in my 20s. It should get better as you grow, as you mature, because when you mature, you shouldn't know what you're doing. Now listen at this. But there has to be an intentional intentionality and prioritization and removal of distractions if couples are to enjoy a healthy, mutually satisfying, fulfilling sex life. There has to be some intentionality. There has to be some prioritization. There has to be some removal of distractions. Because God was very intentional. I'm still talking about you wives. God wants you to enjoy sex with your husband. God wants you to not just make it through it. No, God wants you to enjoy sex with your husband. And he was very intentional. God was very intentional. God was very committed, wives, to your enjoyment. You say, well, how do you know he was intentional? How do you, how do you know he wanted me to enjoy uh, sex with my husband? I got two reasons. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 5, it says that the husband was to stay at home for a whole year and cheer up his wife. And the word Cheer up means to delight his wife, to know her, to discover what 
would be pleasing to her because it takes time to know how to please your wife. It takes time. And God was intentional and he put a statue in scripture so that you would take the time to discover how to delight your wife. He would take the time to discover what your wife loves, what she needs, what she doesn't need in the sexual experience. So God was intentional. We know he was intentional because of scripture, but let's talk scientific. Let's talk anatomy. God was intentional because he constructed and placed in the female's anatomy in her body, a clitoris, a clitoris. Let's talk a little science for a moment. A clitoris, the clitoris is And this is brief elementary. You know, this is not deep stuff. The clitoris is located above the vagina opening in the female's body. Clitoris. Come on, say it, guys. Clitoris. What you think? What you think? The clitoris. Clitoris. Yeah, clitoris. Come on, say it. Clitoris. It is located above the vaginal opening in the female's body. And a all the erogenous zones in her body, because there are a lot of different places, guys, that can really turn your wife's body on. This clitoris is the most sensitive. Now watch this. The male penis has about 4,000 nerve endings, but the female clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. It is the primary, not the only source of female sexual pleasure, but it is the primary source of her reaching an orgasm. Come on, guys. Some females don't reach an orgasm just because you penetrate her with your penis. No, it's stimulating her clitoris that causes most females, most wives to reach an orgasm. This clitoris doesn't have, pardon me, it doesn't have a central role in reproduction like the penis and the vagina. The penis and the vagina are really critical to reproduction, but not the clitoris. Listen at this. This is interesting. The clitoris only purpose, and this is science now, this is anatomy, the clitoris only purpose is pleasure. Its only purpose is to help the female, the wife, to enjoy the sex act. That is the only purpose. There's no other scientific reason for the clitoris, and God was intentional, and he placed in her anatomy the clitoris, and the only purpose for the clitoris is pleasure because God wants the wife to enjoy pleasure in the sexual relationship. I know you guys, you, you look at her, hey baby, what what that what, 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 what he talking about? What 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 are you talking about? That click, 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 what now click? What that well baby, listen, sweetheart, when I finish teaching and y'all go to bed tonight, show him what 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 we talking about here. Just just show him and help him so he'll know how to help you to enjoy the sex act. You see, God 
design our bodies both men and women, both husband and wife, so that we can enjoy the sexual experience. So we're talking first about God's original plan for sexual relations. Let's go back to our three points. Number one, God's original plan was for that sex between a husband and a wife be beautiful and not shameful. Secondly, God intended for the sexual relations or sex between a husband and wife to be a central part and a priority in the marital relationship. And then thirdly, God intended that the sexual relationship between the husband and the wife be mutually enjoyable, be mutually beneficial. Now that was and is God's original plan for sexual relations between a husband and a wife. Now, that's God's original plan. Now, let's talk. Let's shift now. We see God's plan, but let's shift and let's talk about earth's reality. Let's bring it down to what's really happening in the bedroom. What's really happening in between husbands and wives. The reality, earth's reality, is that many marriages, and I'm talking about marriages between Christians, are sexless marriages. Sexless marriages. According to one online uh, expert, an online data expert says that the top search marital complaint in Google is sexless marriage. I'll say that again. According to one online data expert, the top searched marital or marriage complaint in Google is sexless marriages. In other words, there are more searches in Google from married couples about a sexless marriage than any other thing that people are trying to uh, rectify in their relationship. So apparently... This issue of sex and marriage is very important and a problem area in marriages. And maybe that's why God wanted me to talk about it in three sessions, because the other sessions, I just talk one area on communication, one area on love, one area on teaming, one area on this, one area on that. But then when I got to this, with no intentionality on my part, the Spirit of God slowed me down. And maybe because God realized that some of you listening to me now, some of you couples listening to me now, you have a sexless marriage. Now, let's define our term. What what is a sexless marriage? A sexless marriage is a marriage that has low sex or no sex in the marriage low sex or no sex in the marriage. A sexless marriage is a marriage 
with fewer than 10 times sex making, love making, fewer than 10 times a year. In other words, the couple engage in sex fewer than 10 or less 10 times a year. And remember, there's 12 months in a year. Now, one research suggested that 20 to 30% of men, 20 to 30% of men, and 30 to 50% of women say they have little or no sex drive. Now, listen at that. I'll give you those figures again. One research suggests that 20 to 30% of men say they have little or no sex drive. 30 to 50% of women in the survey, 30 to 50% of women in the survey say they have little or no sex drive. Now, if both couples, both of you, are satisfied with a sexless marriage. If both of you don't care about it, you're happy, you're satisfied, then trust me, that is your business. If both of you are happy, if both of you are satisfied with not having sex, sex not being a part of your relationship, then that's your decision. It is not sin. It's not wrong. It's not ungodly because both of you are satisfied. Now, I'm in my 41st year. Well, actually, my 42nd year, if you count the first a year of pastoring at another church. I'm in my 42nd year of pastoring. At the end of this year, it will be 42 years and eight months. I've done a lot of marital counseling, a lot of marital counseling in 42 years. And I have counseled men who have low or no sex drive. I've counseled women, wives, I'm talking about husbands and wives, who have little or no sex drive. Now, the problem, though, is what in my experience of counseling, usually there's one spouse who desires sex and the other spouse who doesn't desire sex. So now that's a problem. Now we have a problem whenever there's a sexless marriage and one spouse, wife or husband, desires sex, and I've seen it on both sides. I've seen it situations where the husband wanted sex, but the wife didn't. I've also seen situations where the wife wanted sex, but the husband didn't. So we have a sexless marriage and one spouse is dissatisfied and it can be very painful, a very painful situation emotionally. It can be embarrassing for one spouse. It can be humiliating for one spouse. One spouse, the spouse that desires sex, 
can feel rejected, insecure, and vulnerable to temptation. I've counseled people and told them, now listen, at this time right now, we're going to believe, we're going to work through this, but you are very vulnerable at this time. You have to be guard yourself because if you're in a uh, marital relationship, you're married, and your you desire sex, whether you be the husband or the wife, and your spouse doesn't desire it, could care less about it, then you're in a very vulnerable position because marriage is your only scriptural outlet for sex. And if you're in a marriage now, and I'm, I'm speaking to you now, and your spouse desires sex, but you don't, you're allowing your spouse to be in a very vulnerable position because the only scriptural outlet for sex is you. Now, I know that there are many things that impact a low sex drive. There are many things. And and, and spouses, let me share this with you. There are many factors that contribute to a low sex drive other than being unfaithful or the person is gay. Because normally, when your spouse doesn't want you, you, you want sex, but your spouse doesn't want you. And insensitive. Don't care whether you get your needs met or not. And that it's unfortunate to have Christians like that. Then it may be that the person is getting their needs met somewhere else, unfaithfulness. It may be, and I've seen cases like where the person was unfaithful. They were getting their needs met somewhere else. So why they need that spouse? Because they're they going outside the house to get their needs met. And then I've seen situations where one spouse was straight, the other spouse was gay. And so that spouse didn't want the spouse. They wanted a same-sex relations. I've seen all this, okay? But it does not necessarily mean that the person is unfaithful. It does not necessarily mean that the person is gay because they have a low sex drive. Sometimes it can be low testosterone. Sometimes it can be hormonal issues. Sometimes it can be poor diet. It can be stress. It can be obesity. It can be depression. It can be medication side effects. Person is taking medication. is decreasing their sex drive. It can be other factors. Sex is uncomfortable. It's painful, physically painful. So there can be other reasons reasons why a person has a low sex drive, but you still need to care about the needs of your spouse if you have a low sex drive, because we're going to get in some spiritual things, some spiritual solutions when we get over into our next lesson. But let's look at, as we close the rest of this lesson, let's look at some signs of a sexless marriage, signs that you have a sexless marriage. Well, number one, Sex feels like a chore or a duty. It just feels like a chore. Just feel like a duty. Number two, I can't remember the last time we had sex. If you can't remember the last time you had sex, you have a sexless marriage. Number three, sleep is more important than sex. Sex, shoot, I'm trying to get me some sleep. You have a sexless marriage. We no longer kiss or kiss passionately. If you never kiss, 
never kissing. You may be introverted and you don't like to kiss out in public and you don't like to kiss around the shore. You need to be kissing sometime. You need to be kissing sometime, somewhere in private. So no longer kiss, no longer kiss passionately. You have a sexless marriage. We, uh, I keep getting rejected. So I'll stop initiating sex. My husband is always tired or my wife gets a headache between 8 and 11 every night. She gets a headache between 8 and 11 every night. My husband, always, you have a sexless marriage. You have a sexless marriage if it's easier to masturbate than have sex with your spouse. And that's an issue. Some people are getting their needs, some spouses are getting their needs met through masturbation. So if you are more committed to masturbation than you are committed to sex in your relationship, you have a sexless marriage. I love making this boring, sexless marriage. We aren't playful in the bedroom. Another sign of a sexless marriage. My spouse seems more interested in TV or the cell phone or the internet than having sex. If your spouse is more interested in TV, more interested in the cell phone, more interested in the internet than having sex with you, you have a sexless marriage. My spouse regularly looks at porn, pornography. If your spouse regularly looks at pornography, your spouse is not going to desire you. And if you regularly look at porn, you're not going to desire your spouse because whatever you give your attention to, you will desire. And then so much stuff goes on in that pornography. Your wife, your husband ain't going to be able to fit in that mode what you're seeing because you can't give your attention to this thing outside and then watching porn, watching some other naked woman, some other man, it's unbiblical. We're only supposed to look at the nakedness of our spouses. I'm not supposed to be looking at another woman's nakedness. My wife is not supposed to be looking at another man's nakedness. That's what makes that relationship so personal and so, so exclusive is that sex is in our relationship. So if you're given to porn and your spouse is always want, wanting porn, that's going to decrease their desire for you. My spouse, regularly, uh, I am too resentful. Maybe you just resent. I'm too resentful. This is the why. I'm too resentful. I'm working full time. I'm doing the majority of the housework. I'm doing the majority of keeping the kids. I don't have time for sex. I don't want sex. Why do I want sex with him when he's not helping me? I'm working. I'm doing the housework. I'm doing the household chores. I'm taking care of the kids, and he want to play at night. I don't want him. You have a sexless marriage. Now, what we've looked at in this session as I close today, listen, we got two more sessions because in our next session, we're going to get into some causes of sexless marriage, and then we're going to look at some spiritual remnants. Then in our third lesson, we're going to talk about some practical things we can do in our sexual relations. But we wanted to contrast. We wanted you to see in this lesson a contrast between God's plan, original plan and intent, and earth's reality. Now, 
You have to evaluate your relationship. Is it operating according to God's plan or is operating according to earth reality? But whatever the case may be, if it's operating according to God's plan, it just confirms that you could take it to another level. If it's operating below God's plan, earth reality, sexless marriage, you can change that. And I believe we're going to help you to do it. Listen, I'm out of time. I pray that you will bless. I pray that you're getting help and your, your marriage is getting better. And look, I look forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm.